Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the dollar. That one actually, that almost hit me. So that's, you see how that's... Exactly how we rehearsed. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't believe how well that went. Um, our guest, our guest is Will Anderson. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, have heard of Will Anderson, but he's our guest. He's, uh, he's a local kid. Uh, we saw him the other night. Think he's got some chops. Think if he keeps at it, he might stick around. <laughs> July 27th, 1837. And dates. <laughs> they love dates. It's fucking crazy. Dates and SD cards. Robert Cunningham was born in Canada to Irish parents. Oh boy. Here we fucking go. Dave playing to my youth for accents again. Diplomatic <laughs> immunity. Into the Anderson wheelhouse. Uh, he spoke with an Irish accent his whole life. Well, here we go. <laughs> he preferred to be called R.A. He moved to the United States and served in the California Infantry. Uh, he settled in San Francisco and he fell into theater. He worked uh, as everything. Stagehand, performer, musician, agent. Agent. This led him to touring with circuses. You better watch those SD cards. And then freak shows. Which led him to the country of Australia. <laughs> Just already um, not good. I've always said that freak shows are a gateway drug to Australia. Yeah. It's like, you, oh, you like fucked up people? They've got fucked up animals. Get down there. <laughs> In the late 1870s, he toured with a group called the Taylor Family Troupe. He was the musical backing for Maddie Taylor. Huh? She was a 10 year old bird impressionist. <laughs> Uh, she, I'm glad that that's still a thing that we love. She did her bird impressions while playing the banjo. Well, we all know birds. I, lo- I love that it's not enough that a ten-year-old can play a fucking banjo or do an impression of a bird. They're like, no, you need two to have a fucking act. We want both. Get out there, Maddie. Australians have demands. They demand more than just a fucking bird whistle. Uh, the Australians seem to what enjoy. What does that mean? Is it like a bird? Imp- is it just whistling, or is she? But while she does it, so she's actually just being like, the robin. That's it. That's the act. Oh man! Now I get the charm. Town and country wrote a more dismal performance than the banjo playing and character sketching given by them has seldom been important imported even from America, so they didn't like it. But the Australian people did. They thought it was awesome. They didn't give a shit about the press. You could still put that on a postcard. I I love even back then there was trolls. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Your impression of a kookaburra is shit. I didn't laugh and neither did the kookaburra. Reader's Digest said first. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, R.A. Cunningham would make uh, trips back and forth between San Francisco and Australia over the next few years. He'd find a job with a new touring company and off he'd go. Uh, Eventually he became an agent who would go out ahead of the tours and set everything up. Sure. And he made connections. 
And over the years in the circus world, he got to know a gentleman named P.T. Barnum. Oh, fuck. Famous circus king. Guys like R.A. and P.T. Uh, guys like R.A. saw P.T. as a role model. So it's R.A. and P.T. Yep. So We're it's gonna... just wrapped, hanging out. And one time R.A. arrived in Australia and found a letter P.T. had sent. I'm, gonna I'm glad you said that because I was going to rape. And... <laughs> doing is kicking myself for not going to rape. No, I was like, oh, somebody's going to write a blog about, oh, I don't think that rape jokes are appropriate. <laughs> Even in a historical economical sense. Here Fuck, at- I'm glad I got that out. <laughs> historical, economical? I laid that shit down like I was Eminem. What the fuck? <laughs> You're a raptor. <laughs> a white raptor. Big, beautiful raptor. <laughs> so I arrived in Australia on one of his visits and found P.T. had sent him a letter. P.T. wanted to bring the American public, quote, all the uncivilized races in existence. I mean, that is bold. You know what? Just what Americans want. Who possess extraordinary puke... Puke? Pu- you about to say puke? Who peculiarities, get- peculiarities such as Giant dwarfs, singular disfigurement hey, of wait, the person. Did you say giant dwarf? Giant, no. I'm a regular human. Giants. Can you believe it? You may throw your garbage at me. I am the giant dwarf. My shoes are the regular size of a man. Can you believe it? Try to look away, but you can't. I show you the inside of you you don't want to look at. And the outside. I'm you. I'm just you. Aren't we all giant dwarfs? When we think about it, said the UN, aren't we all a giant dwarf, really? Unless you're a regular dwarf. I think the giant dwarf made a lot of sense at the UN. Good. What country was he there for? I represent no land. Hey, people. There is actually a giant dwarf. He, there was one. There was a guy who started out as a dwarf and then he got, he got the giantism disease. What? It's true. It's true. And if he was American, I'd write about it. He was some fucking European shit. But he was a dwarf and then he turned into a giant. He was like, this is awesome. Oh my God, it's not. It's like the nightmare version of Big. Well, it all happened when someone made him angry. Yeah. Right, that that was size. too popular a reference. A... You wouldn't want to see me angry. I become a dwarf again. <laughs> You'd probably want to see it, I'll be honest. So, in 1882, PT's agent sent RA a telegram, and he said he wanted to get his hands on, quote, a number of the finest specimens of Australian Aborigines. Oh. What? I mean, we all knew this is where it was going, yet yeah. it, was, yeah. it it's, was still worth a new when we got there. Uh, PT wanted to put on a show called the Ethnological Congress of Savage Tribes in the next circus. What? You guys... <laughs> shit was different back then. Ah, uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> next, two months later, Tony Abbott's Ethnological Congress... <laughs> Of Savage Tribes goes on tour. At the UN, a giant dwarf speaks on their behalf. 
a giant dwarf in blackface. <laughs> no, but he's like, no! I'm a minority too! I can do this! Giant dwarf scandal at UN. UN rocked. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so, trying to distract from the horrible place I know this is going. Oh, it's going to a terrible, terrible place. Hello, white people, let's have fun. I don't know if that's what we want to be saying. Um, <laughs> so for R.A., this sounded like hitting the lottery. He was now in his 40s, and this was the break he was waiting for. Yeah. Uh, he headed north, because at this point, most Aboriginal tribes have been wiped out in the south. Congrats. Uh, in Tasmania, pretty much all gone. Uh, New South Wales, Victoria, eh, not doing so good. Uh, so, he goes up north to what I think you guys call Queensland. Queensland? Yeah, I know, I was fucking with you! <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've heard that enough. I was going to let it slide, but I heard I the murmur. It was a joke. <laughs> I thought you guys were supposed to get this subtle satire and sarcasm shit. I thought that was your forte. That coffee. Oh, do they like coffee here? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a sub- still a substantial population of uh, Aborigines in uh, Queensland, and they are about 200,000 uh, people living there. Um, most of them now are getting forced to live in uh, cities or, you know, they're getting... Forced? They're, yeah, they're being, they're being uh, put in places they might not want to live. Like getting office jobs out of nowhere? Yep. A lot of office jobs. Some are becoming couriers. Um, it's just a good time. Many Aborigines were... Did you make that joke on purpose? Because the Aboriginal tribe, the, the kind of most prominent were the Koori. Oh, and no. And you just... Because that is a fucking excellent joke. Well, thank you. Curious? I mean, that is... I planned it, That may be the best joke on the topic ever made. Thank you. And you've made it like some fucking Rain Man. Well, did I? (laughs) You'll find I do a lot of Rain Man stuff when it comes to these topics. You only play Kwanis. Never had an accident. So a lot of Aborigines were being recruited to work on pearling fleets. Sure. So by the time P.T. Barnum was looking for Aborigines, they'd gotten used to being offered jobs by passing ships. And then they would turn with a bunch of cash, and they'd be like, that was fucking awesome. Okay. I mean, probably not, but... Yeah, R.A. <laughs> Cunningham went to Darwin in December 1882. He quickly talked five Aborigines into going with him, and they were about to board the ship when a local cop stopped him and questioned him. Uh, I explained what was going on and said the five natives understood what they were in for. Sure they did. And then the cop told the aborigines what he was doing and they ran away. (laughs) Typical showbiz story. (laughs) Happens with most young men when they meet Simon Cowell. But every now and again... When you win it... When they stick, one direction. Get ready. Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> the average in one direction uh, they would have a funny name but I don't have it uh, those average average they'd be called everyone. boomerang because they were like one direction yep. and then back the other yep. direction they would be boomerang we are two direction <laughs> yeah, get ready 
they told everyone they knew, and suddenly no one would have anything to do with R.A. in Darwin. So he left Darwin, he jumped on a ship, went to Townsville. Mm-hmm. There he immediately told the authorities what he was up to so there wouldn't be any trouble with the local cops. Sure, be up front. And the authorities were like, great idea, take a bunch of them. <laughs> Interesting. R. Welcome a. to Townsville. Yeah. R.A. hired a boat and went to find some very isolated Aborigine camps. He quickly convinced some to go with him. On January 22nd, 1883, he got on a ship going to Sydney with nine Aborigines. What, what did he tell them? He was just like... I don't know. <laughs> Do you not want to reveal? No, he doesn't. It doesn't go into that. We just know the, that he. The hard sell is just like, trust me, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be fucking awesome, huh? You guys, how could this be bad? You guys like money, you like pussy? Get on this boat! Come on, boys! Yeah, we're gonna trade your lives. <laughs> You're gonna love PT. He's great. He's awesome. Come on, guys. Everything else the white guys promise you is worked out awesome. Come on. Yep. Yeah, so far it's been a, just a walk in the park for you guys. Come on, get on the ship with a bunch of dwarves. Not next to that normal freak human. I'm a giant dwarf! You are a regular man! <laughs> Fucking works here, just keep shouting he's a giant dwarf. Get out of work. So. <laughs> That's the detail, to get out of work. <laughs> Like, that's the genius. It's like one day this guy's like, fuck this shit. I'm also a freak. Oh, they don't have to work because they're with the freak show. He's like, no, I'm one too. I'm the giant dwarf. God damn it. He's good. I'm the bearded man. The <laughs> <laughs> bearded man. I'm the mermaid untouched by water. Behold the one with two legs. <laughs> So, the Aborigines were Tony and Jenny, who brought their eight-year-old boy. Hey, on what? Tony and Jenny. Yeah, these are are their names. That were not their names. Tony and Jenny. (laughs) There is no way that were their names. With their with their boy. Look, it's their names. Uh, Tambo and Sassy, a couple. Okay, that's, that's worse. Sassy? Yeah, it's sassy. Okay. Yep, no. we've, found, we've hit something Tambo horrible. Tambo and Sassy are oh, fighting again. It's so only beginning, gentlemen. A young uh, man named Jimmy. Uh, there was Bob and Billy. Wow. And another guy whose name no one knows. That guy's going to be fine. <laughs> no. No, he's not. Why do you say that? He'll be fine. He'll be buried shortly. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so, anyway, uh, back to Tassie. Yeah. When he got to Sydney, he discovered that the next ship to San Francisco was not leaving for weeks. So he booked himself in a hotel room and put the Aborigines in a shack out back. It didn't take long for them to realize this was a fucked up situation. Two of them ran away, and then R.A. posted notices around town asking for anyone who spotted Billy and Jimmy to capture them. And then they were spotted by a constable, and they got into a fight with them, and the constable got injured. Um, And then they were in front of a judge. And Uh, there, uh, they told their story, and the judge was like, I'm sorry, what's what's happening? Uh, And uh, then they found out that there were seven more shacked up behind the hotel, and... uh, and they went and questioned them, and, and they uh, appeared to not know 
that they're going to join a circus. So, I mean, that, that, that seems weird because earlier on you said he explained to them exactly what was going on and they agreed to what was... I said I didn't know. I mean, at the time I was sceptical because of the language barrier and stuff. Sure. I was like, maybe they didn't fully comprehend the offer that he was making to them, but now it feels like... Uh, fame is a universal language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you get there like, Cir- what's a circus? He's like, ah, ah, ah. Enough that circus talk, come on. Leave them back here, they're fine. Sassy, enough. (laughs) That's enough out of you. Local papers jumped on the story, screaming about the injustice. Uh, The evening news accused Ari of kidnapping. Then a telegraph arrived from Queensland's chief inspector of police who said they all went willingly and knew knew what the deal was. So the charges against Billy and Jimmy were dropped, and they were released back into the custody of R.A. I mean... Hey, you don't fuck with P.T. Barnum's fucking shit, even if they're people. Those are the only stuff. charges you don't want dropped against you. You're like, mm, please keep the charges. Please, put me in jail. Please, put me jail, in jail sounds great. So... Look, in Queensland's defense... Not... <laughs> no, I've got nothing, to be honest. Maybe the fact that it's really hot there all the time and if your neck's already red, you're like, fuck it, I've got the look. <laughs> That's not a bad joke, actually. I could do that independently of this podcast in my house. You'll be saying that can... joke later tonight. <laughs> Dave, can you edit this chunk out? <laughs> Daddy's got a new hour cooking. <laughs> So, they all boarded a ship headed for the United States of America, and they arrived in San Francisco in April 1883. Finally, to a place black people are treated better. Thank you. (laughs) They will live like kings now. Yeah. Uh, They rode a train across the country. On May 6th, they arrived in Baltimore, and the next morning, the nine aborigines were leading a PT circus parade through the city. Behind them were Zulus, Amazonians, Hotanots, Sioux, Nubians, Zulus, Georgia Coons... Keep moving, keep moving. That keep seems moving. a little racist. I love that we were all like, ooh, that's inappropriate. Let's go and get some cheese that has the same name. <laughs> Might be time to change that cheese's name. We've seen it. We're in the grocery store. What the fuck's going on? Do you see what they're calling their fucking cheese? They got N-word bread. What's going on? <laughs> Fuck are we? Uh, there were also Arizona Piccaninnies. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not a thing. That's not a thing. Yeah. There are no Piccaninnies. And they're certainly not in Arizona, if there were. Uh, Redskins of the Klondike? Not a thing. Japanese strongmen? Contortionists? Crocodiles? And then Jumbo the Elephant. But why? Why? It feels you have... like you're re- reading out the lineup for fucking Splendor in the Grass. <laughs> why would you put crocodiles right in front of an elephant when you have nine groups of men? Why would you not? Because yeah. <laughs> people want a show. Yeah, they want a show, man. It's a show. Yeah. You think they're scared of mice? Buckle up. Uh, during the pa- parade, Toby, Billy, and Bob and uh, Tambo danced. The others sang and clapped their boomerangs together. As they performed, the Zulus hissed at them. Already tension. There's tension. A newspaper wrote, The Nubians, Indians, and Zulus looked with disgust at the crowds that stood open-mouthed before the new arrivals. 
Hang so they're jealous, I think. How is that possible? Hang on. Are they jealous of the Aborigines? Yeah. yeah. Cool new up. kids. You know cool what? names. It's just all, I'm always proud when Aussies dominate on the world stage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're intimidated. We're punching above our waist. Look at that fucking Zulus. Fucking take that Zulus. I would have thought we wouldn't go up, but you know what? Fucking good on them. You're about to meet Two Direction. (laughs) Fucking. The Zulus are like, we need a hit. (laughs) Zulu boys. Our Chucka Zulu shit isn't flying anymore. (laughs) I like it. Maybe an acronym. So, <laughs> they perform in their racist against Zulus because no one knows what they are. Whoa! That guy. <laughs> wow! The audience just went. Will Anderson? <laughs> the farm boy comes out. <laughs> Fucking Zulus coming to our farm. <laughs> you have a Twitter feud with the Zulu. <laughs> Salons involved. So they appeared in their first big top performance. They threw boomerangs and performed dances, and Ari spoke to the crowd. He called Sussy, Sassy. Well, I, if it better not be Sussy. I've fallen in love with Sassy. <laughs> Princess Tagahara, daughter of the cannibal king of Queensland. Oh, the royal. So they're doing a little, little promotional, a uh, little ad non stuff. Sure. Uh, the first day, 30,000 people came to see them. They were the first Aborigines to come to America, and it was a big deal. Local papers wrote extensively about the cannibals. So wait, the whole... Hmm? Sorry, the angle... Yep, the angle. The, the angle, angle The angle is cannibal. Yep, they eat people. That's the can-an angle. That's the... That's it. Yeah, but it's just showbiz. Yeah, right? it's not real. Like, I mean, it's not like Ozzy Osbourne was eating all the fucking, like, bobs... The bat, bugs. The bugs. bats. The bats. <laughs> you mean dogs. the bats? You know the bat dogs? The bugs. The bugs. I love bug man. <laughs> but so that's the angle. They're like, they eat people. Yeah, they eat people. Well, that's okay. exciting to see a cannibal. Come on. Have you guys ever seen a cannibal? No, I don't think... Well... Maybe we have. I don't know. They're in America now. In this story, they're in America. Come on, get on board. <laughs> The show is a huge hit. How could it not be? Uh, it was his most successful show yet. R.A. explained in an interview why they were so well behaved. They realize uh, they realize fully that their good behavior will be duly appreciated and properly rewarded by me. And as they know, I am the only one who can restore them in safety to their native wilds. So they act accordingly. Thank you. I was he's Irish. I forgot about that. The circus tour ended in October, and R.A. took them on a tour of dime museums. Like the one... these fucking dimes. Like the one... There's over five dimes in here. (laughs) There should be more eventually. Don't eat each other, saucy. (laughs) Watching you, girl. That's a fucking nickel. (laughs) So... Like oof, oof. nickels in the dime. <laughs> there's a lot of shit that ain't dimes in here. I mean, there's so much space. It's a table. Uh, Oofy Goofy was in a dime museum. That's the kind of place. We're That's about. right. Uh, so you know you're dealing with normal shit. So they were touring uh, small theaters in cities and towns all over America. 
Uh, it was pretty much the bottom of the bottom. A dime museum in Baltimore's most popular attraction, a dime museum in Baltimore's most popular attraction was Abraham Lincoln's last bowel movement. No <laughs> fucking way. Like, I... That's an attraction, but babe, that's your most popular attraction? Yeah. Dude, hey, hey, kids. You know what we're doing today? We're going to go see the last shit that Lincoln took. Is that where the term Lincoln log comes from? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to build a house out of this? Don't touch that. It breaks. It was well, said to I be... Mean, hold on. That is fucking... Why? Okay, well, it was said to have been taken from a chamber pot at Ford's Theater. The shit was mounted in a frame... That could just be a random shit. How did I trace that back? What do you mean? Look, it was mounted in a frame and had a certificate stating that it was real. It was not. <laughs> who, who wrote the certificate? The guy in the bathroom. <laughs> What? Who the pot? This is people? not a real thing. Yes, that was the last shit of Lincoln. Is, was it a Sign. guy who was a big Lincoln fan who was like, I'm going to keep this shit, and yeah. then suddenly he fucking died, and he's like, I've hit the jackpot? Is that what happened? Or a guy who Lincoln just went to take a piss, and he was like, I've got an idea. <laughs> Here it is. He told me it was his. That'll be $500,000. <laughs> You're going to want to frame that real nice, guys. Tighten that up, too. Later, the shit was tested and was found to be a fake shit. I called fake shit. I did call fake shit. I knew it. I smelled something weird. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was actually from the 1920s. Just a common dude's shit. Just a guy, guy who shit and went, I'm going to fucking make that a famous shit. Look how great that one is. It was this John should Wilk. be in a frame! It was John Wilkes' poop. All the Aborigines learned. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yep. All the a- <laughs> all the Aborigines learned to speak English while in America because and because they mostly learned it from RA. They all spoke with Irish accents. Uh, I know this story's fucked up, but adorable. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, pretty so far so good actually, did I? I thought this was going to go heaps worse than this. Oh, it's gonna. I mean, we've already framed shit. <laughs> uh, they were reliant on RA for food, shelter, and medical care. They were said to love a variety of foods, especially tropical fruits, fish, and oysters. That's not a variety. <laughs> RA also said that, quote, they are extremely fond of making small purchases of gaudy handkerchiefs and trinkets. Sassy and Jenny bought copper necklaces and jewelry in Chicago. Sassy was seen performing in pink knickerbockers. So what shit's fucking... Happening? It's awesome. She's got knickerbockers. They're pink. She's fucking having a good time. They're like turning into Irish gypsies. <laughs> then things started to go south. Ah. Things, things, ah. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the first nice one. No. Oh, no. no. This is the one I was worried about doing in public. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, after... After what I've heard already, right? We've had that's a just disturbing. I didn't think that anything would get a giant dwarf out of my mind, but there, now there's a frame shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> T- 
Tambo and Little Toby became sick when they arrived at their next Dime Museum gig. The Aborigines were angry with R.A., accusing him of bringing them to a strange country to die. The tall one with no name fell ill. With still no name? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. See you, tall guy. He's going to be fine. Yeah. He dies now. (laughs) At their next stop in Pittsburgh, a reporter came upon R.A. spooning medicine into Tombo's mouth. R.A. told the reporter, It's all I can do to keep them alive. Don't write that. In the paper. (laughs) On February 23rd, 1884... Tambo died in his hotel room in Cleveland. Oh. You yeah. thought this was going to go another way? <laughs> I don't know Tambo uh, was going to get so early. Sassy was his lady, and she was not happy. She stopped eating. The rest of the nine refused to take part in any sort of show. Ari was fucking pissed. After all he'd done for them... To re- fucking lack of bloody respect. Jesus Christ, I took you from your homeland and showed you the world like caged beasts. How could you not Think of all the sights we saw. A frame bowel movement. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you guys want to turn against me? Go ahead. Give it a shot. <laughs> R.A. told the reporter... That's the tall one. R.A. told the reporter, I'm having trouble with the creatures and the wishes, creature. they, wishes they were off my hand. They're, he's a fucking monster, you guys. <laughs> I Tombo, think has, real... Tombo was the worst of the lot. Okay. So he's happy to be done with Tombo. Oh, cool. So he's happy Tombo died. Yeah. yeah. Tambo, Tombo. It's like when Zane left. People were like, make him recover. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next guy, the ne- next the guy with no name died. Yeah, tall guy died. Yeah, tall guy's out. Okay. Yeah. You guys well, can't care about him. He didn't have a name. That's why we kind of fell in love with him. Yeah. That's what got us in. Yeah. Tall guy. If you guys are, if you guys are getting sad now, it's gonna get weird. <laughs> just so y'all know, we didn't do this. We're just telling a story about. Him. <laughs> Not a good. We story. weren't. We weren't involved. Uh, Arya quickly got the group out of town before the press became hip to the dying situation. He move also, along, move along. He also wanted to make up for the cash he had lost because of the surviving Aborigines work strike. So he sold Tambo's body to uh, Drew's Dime Museum. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit he should be in a frame. That's fucked. Selling his body. Uh, when do we get to see Tambo? <laughs> Fucking Irish Aborigines. Where's Tambo's body? We want to say goodbye. <laughs> we fucking miss Tambo. Uh, so, Ari then took the show to Europe, where people had been in love with freak shows for a long, long time. They started off in London, where the London Standard wrote, Although they are described as the lowest type of humanity, they seem very intelligent. Mm. Mm. You guys know this happened, right? You guys all seem really shocked that uh, white people were horrible. First I've heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) So in Europe, they'd stay somewhere for a while. They spent a month in Brussels. During their entire stay, two anthropologists came and examined the Aborigines. They revealed that several of them had tuberculosis. Oh. Only it, it's fine. It's totally curable. Yeah, no, that's an easy fix. Only Billy and Jimmy uh, had normal breathing, and given that Tambo had died of a chest infection, eh, this didn't seem good. The Aborigines started to pick up uh, French rather quickly. 
What? Because they were exposed to it constantly. These the accents <laughs> are going to be off the chart. Super geniuses. Yeah, I mean, good God. At one point, a French woman. French Irish. French Irish Aborigines. Just like I told you, yeah, I know. At one point, a, f- a French woman questioned Jimmy why he wore a nose bone, and Jimmy shot back, Why do you have holes in your ears? <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> have a good stay. In each city they went to to drum up uh, uh, excitement about the show, they would put on a boomerang throwing display in a park. Uh, this stopped in Berlin when Jimmy hit a man in the head with a boomerang. <laughs> that does sound like Australians overseas. <laughs> you know what the boomerang has in common with your husband? Neither's coming back. <laughs> really hit him hard. What are you talking to her about? No nice, I see. Uh, next, the show went to Berlin, where they would be for three months. It was now apparent that the Aborigines were not really enjoying the limelight. Why? I don't know. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's I great. Mean, it's a fucking sweet tour, though. Yeah, dude. Tours are tough. Like, you guys have been to fucking Adelaide and Perth. They yeah. went to fucking Paris and Berlin. I mean, I feel like yeah. that could be a dollop. <laughs> Uh, so in Berlin, R.A. sent an invitation to reporters to come and watch the Aborigines as they ate dinner. Oh, what? Okay. When they arrived, they found that the Aborigines were already seated around a table covered with a white tablecloth, and they were being served by a servant. <laughs> uh, just a regular day at the house. This is how we do it with I, our, our man boy. I thought you guys were coming at seven. Oh, you're early. Yeah, we're just having our five-course dinner that they get every night. We get a lot of them are wheeze. First time I've eaten meat in a month. So fuck you. Uh, the Aborigines were pissed. For some weird reason, they're upset that people had invited to watch them eat. Each time a new reporter walked in, the Aborigines became more angry. Oh, Jesus. They finally put down the utensils and refused to eat. Also, aren't they meant to be cannibals? Oh, shit. <laughs> Like, shouldn't that be the only reason you want to watch the meat? Yeah. Like, they're going to fucking eat yeah. some people? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, he's just, like, cut up a bunch of meat. You're like, this is their friend Tambo. Right over there, they're finishing off Tall Guy. Hey, that one's eating oysters. Yeah. Uh, yeah those are testicles we shelled. Get them the fuck out of here. Fair enough. Who gave them oysters? Um, R.A. eventually had to bribe them to keep eating by giving them tobacco. What is it? Are there reporters watching this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they all stood around and wrote about it. It's a fucking great story. I mean, this is just great news back then. We watched them eat. <laughs> Next, they were invited by a professor to come to the Royal Museum of Berlin. This was a treat. They were seeing many things they had never seen before, and they were greatly enjoying the tour, especially when they came across Aboriginal artifacts. Uh-oh, somebody's going to wake the baby. But things went a bit south when they saw the display of a mummified aborigine. Mm. The mummy had its knees drawn to its chin, wrapped in bark, 
which was a normal way some Aborigines were buried in Australia. So what about that did they not respond to? <laughs> That's... I know him. But here's also what you've got to know in a cultural comp- uh, context. Like, indigenous people, uh, as part of their culture, uh, don't like to see images of people who have passed away. So, like, if you're making a program that features, like, say there was a famous indigenous singer from a band called Yothu Yindu, who was Australian of the Year, and he, like, passed away, so it was a big news story, and they warned at the start of everything that, like, you know, it might disturb people because they don't like to see images. And essentially, you've just done that. Yeah, ah. Like in real life. So is that, like, is that why they ate eight people? <laughs> Dave. Dave. David. Dave. Dave, don't try to connect those dots. Uh, Imagine being the tour guide, though. What are you guys so mad about? It's I think you guys buddies. will respond to this one right here. It's you guys. Uh, oh, what? Do you want some people uh, to eat? What's going on? Right. I'm very hungry. I think I read about. It. So they think that if they see a a body like that, that 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 what a bad spirit can come in them and then uh-huh. harm them. So probably not a good tour. No. Uh, then Bob died. Which after right after the fucking tour, everyone's like, yeah. I fucking told you. You know the museum guy was like, what are you going to do with Bob? Now we've got two, we can be creative. Look, we could do a whole domesticated thing. Oh my God, Maybe wait a minute. a dinner of people. Wait a minute, salt and pepper shakers. I'm uh, loving it. We'll do a whole thing. Them having people over for dinner. What? Sorry, I shouldn't uh, pitch it that hard, but let's just get that body of Bob. Uh, but I'm seeing a whole... Tablet. I'm retiring. <laughs> R.A. kept the show going in Europe. Now they were doing small shows in restaurants and pubs. Who the fuck... What? Who would eat around that shit? I mean, that's ter- terrible. Just sitting there eating a fucking sausage and some guy's throwing a boomerang behind the bar. Yeah. Like... We used to be opening up for Abraham Lincoln's shit. <laughs> now this is walking dinner theater. <laughs> Where's that guy from? He's from France and Ireland. <laughs> oh, I tell you so much. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh my God, where's your accent from? Are you Friarish? <laughs> Top of the jour. <laughs> oh, your French fries. <laughs> My favorite food. <laughs> All I eat. <laughs> no, I don't know oh. what's happening now. <laughs> it's, just, it's gone crazy. In Frankfurt, Jimmy dies. Oh. Yeah, guys. guys uh, I'm our. No, I think it's coming. like it's great how everyone's got attached. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy was our favorite. Yeah. So now there are Other five. Than tall guy. Yeah. Tall, tall, oh, tall guy. Tall guy. Oh lord. Oh, yeah. Pouring out the beer. I hope you're up in the sky with no name. <laughs> Doing whatever you did, tall guy. So now it's just Billy, Toby, Jenny, Young Toby, and Sassy. Uh, he keeps the show moving. The next oh. stop, Sunborn. Only four of them perform because Sussie is too ill. 
Um, so, uh, what does she, she have? She passes away oh, on tuberculosis. Did you guys think she was going to pull through? No, when someone's um, too sick to perform, they're dying in this story. She was buried in a Protestant graveyard without a coffin, just as her family in Australia would have wanted. Just put her in a hole. Oh, no, wait. That was sarcasm. Uh, since there was no public graveyard, the Protestant graveyard was forced to take her. So, even better. Ah, fuck, really? The dwindling number of ab- Aborigines did not stop the large crowds from showing up to see them. Next, they're on to Paris. We're to be to- honest, like, and I don't mean this in a mean-spirited way, but the less they are, the more demand there they're is. They're rare. Like, I mean... Yeah, they get rarer every, sh- right, every, rare. every town. They get more rare. They're yeah, rare. like, I mean, it's, I'm not It's saying- a little bit like the Beatles. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. You see sure. Ringo now, you're like, right. that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's always is, been cool. Right. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, but that is true, right? Because otherwise, if all four were still here, you would not give a fuck about Ringo. Pish posh Ringo? He's do, you know, he's doing a train voice now. But, you know, he's still here, so we love him. <laughs> Ringo taking a little shrapnel on the dollop tonight. That's right, Star. We're coming at you. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Calling you out. Now I'm ready. Uh, so uh, <laughs> they went to Paris where Toby um, died. Yeah. Died. Now all that remained was Billy, Jenny, and little Toby, who yep. uh, they were all very oddly despondent. Hang on. So I, I must have missed this earlier. Was there a Toby and a little Toby? Yeah. Yeah, but the big No, no, there's a Jenny. No, there wasn't a, there wasn't a big Toby. I don't think there might have been. Yeah, there was a Toby and a little Toby. Oh, yeah. He just died of uh, tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A French anthropologist came to examine them. Uh, He said Jenny was very depressed. And Billy turned away whenever he was offered money. A classic sign of someone not doing well. Yeah. That's a great doctor. He's like, well, he failed that test. Um, R.A. stopped using their names in show pamphlets because he didn't want people to know how many had died. Though the press was now, uh, ass- now assumed that Billy and Jenny would just hook up, even though they hated each other. And you mean Billy they had a whole, like, will they, won't they sort of yeah, Ross, yeah. Rachel it's like sort a, of Yeah, thing. it's like a Ross, Rachel, and Friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's going to happen with Billy and Jenny? Come well, on. Tension. Uh, bi- but Billy was a ladies' man. Whenever I always he- thought that Billy was a woman in this story. <laughs> I have not been following as closely as I thought yeah. I was. <laughs> No, I was like, dude. now there's two women left. This is very progressive. I was like, <laughs> and we're going to raise little Toby. <laughs> the first gay aborigines. Gaboriginals. <laughs> but Billy was always looking for a wife. Whenever he saw a young girl he liked, he would say, you and me, me and you. Are you just now reading Bon Jovi lyrics? <laughs> Bone Jovi. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, reporters wrote about how they should uh, uh, speculation that Billy and Jenny had killed Toby, and that's why she was single, and that they ate they, they ate him uh, to hide the evidence. <laughs> Look. What? <laughs> I got nothing. No, come on, he's delicious. What? It's a Toby Lorraine. <laughs> one, uh, one reporter commended them for washing. 
I hope you're booing me and not the indigenous people in this story. I am... Right? Every boo we hear is a boo against them. Uh, another reporter commended them for washing daily with soap. Way to go! Amazing what you do! Yeah. He, he said they were better than the Sioux Indians who were really pigs. Oh. Okay, I feel like I could talk openly with you guys. About other freak tribes. Ugh, Sioux, more like sewer. Anyway, you guys are phenomenal. Just soaping and eating and t- breathing. It's unbelievable. It's fun to watch. Your wheezes are just so cute. Sick little hamsters. <laughs> Things somehow turned around. The three b- continued to tour Europe, and a re- reporter spoke to Billy, and he said that they all wanted to continue touring. Billy even came up with a new routine. The Glasgow Eden- Now I feel like they're one of those bands where all the original people have left. Yeah. And yeah. it's like one guy from Little River Band who played the yeah. bass, but it's like, where's Little River Band? No, you're not. <laughs> I still want to be on the road. I've got no other options. Come on. Oh, these guys are the Wiggles. <laughs> There's like one left, like, I've got a mortgage. <laughs> I speculated on the stock market more than the others. Even Dorothy's out. Fucking <laughs> wake up, Jeff. <laughs> the Glasgow Evening News reported that Billy discharged half a dozen boomerangs fast, one after the other, so that they all circled in the air like so many birds. Oh, that sounds God. fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> sounds so fucking cool. Doesn't it? They should Fuck. have a Marvel movie about him. Yeah. <laughs> Boomerang Billy. <laughs> we'll work on the name. Coming back soon. <laughs> <laughs> um. In Glasgow, they were examined by a doctor. Billy was immune to tuberculosis, while Jenny was symptom-free, and the young boy was becoming sick. It had been three years since they had left their home. Uh, They went to Moscow next and were greeted with the headline, The Man-Eaters Have Come! Hmm. That's... I mean, but this, papers. but this is still a good fucking tour. Yeah. So I mean, now they're in fucking yeah. Moscow. Now they're, they're seeing shit. They are getting, they are like pussy ride a little. Who bit. is their fucking agent? I need to get on this. R A. R A. Yeah. It was actually R A. <laughs> Don't sign with him though. I did. <laughs> nightmare. Uh, this nightmare. <laughs> the article said that the reason they had not eaten R A was because he was too thin. So the Russian press, accurate as always. Well, they ask the questions, you know. <laughs> oh, hey, is that cannibals? Why? This is my accent. This is my accent. I'm going with it. Go. Is that cannibals? Wow. Yes, finish your question. If they're cannibals. Yeah. If they're cannibals. If they're what? Sorry, you said cannibals. If, <laughs> if they're cannibals. Now, this is like a not bright guy. <laughs> Right? No, I have no confidence with my public speaking. You know, you've got an accent like Big Toby used to have. I'm a big fan. <laughs> now I pour up. Eventually. Have you met my wife? So, sorry, did you have a question, sir? It's nice to meet you, wife. <laughs> I want to know why you know it's him. 
Johnny, Johnny, I, I, sorry, where are you from? <laughs> too skinny, too skinny. Don't say her name, try for you. That should be animated like a werewolf turning like from human to werewolf. <laughs> a reporter turning into Borat. It's happening. It happens again. Uh, uh, so they left uh, Moscow and they went back through the south of Europe, through Italy, and then ended up in London in 1887. And there, R.A. decided to end the tour. They went to New York. Uh, they are said to not to have wanted to return to Australia, but R.A. made them. Records show that R.A. Cunningham boarded a ship to Sydney on March 10, 1888. And there's a record of him taking a steamer from Brisbane to Townsville on April 14th. But there's no paper trail for Billy, Jenny, or Toby. Little Toby. A few months later, Ari gave an interview to a paper in Melbourne and said he had returned them to their homeland. And that's where the tale of those Aborigines ends. Uh, nine became three, and they were returned. Next! Oh, boy. What's up? Ari <laughs> signed another contract with P.T. Barnum. This time for Samoans. Oh, fuck. What? What? They're bigger. That's the problem with sequels. They always fucking miss the point. It's always back. more explosions. It's gotta be bigger. And it's gotta be bigger, point. right? Yeah. Oh, we need yeah. more Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thor's got a brother. This, the Samoans negotiated a three-year contract for nine Samoans. Uh, he would cover their expenses and pay them $12.50 a month. At the end of three years, he would return them all to Samoa. Yeah, uh-huh. All of them. Sure. Every living one of them. All one living of them. They were a hit in America. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course they were. By the time they made it to New York, they were eight. Trump's running for president. What? Huh? We're down to eight. Wait, wait. Hey, what? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You guys were talking. We what happened? Eight. Well, they went to New York. When they got there, they were eight. A minute ago, weren't there some more? Yeah, they were... <laughs> Don't Samoan that joke. Another died when they reached Belgium in 1890, a third days later in Köln. In Berlin, a wealthy woman talked two of the Samoans to leaving the group and hanging out with her. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee that pitch was just that simple. She's like, do you just want to hang out? They're like, yes, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Anything. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, yes. Do you have yeah, tuberculosis? <laughs> do you want it? We have a ton of it if you don't need it, but we're overloaded. Uh, she was seen driving around town with them in her carriage. But after a while, she got bored of them and bought them tickets home on a ship. R.A. sued her for $100,000 for the, quote, loss of his savages. Well, you know... I think that's a... Yeah. That's a it's thing a you can... fine name for a case. <laughs> yeah. Man v. Savage. Nothing came of the case. By the time R.A. returned to New York, he had five Samoans. On the trip home, he borrowed $41 from each Samoan... And <laughs> Sorry, they're always loading him? Hang on, he's passing the hat around to the fucking Samoans? Yeah, what is, how are they, what? He, that was all their money, he never paid it back. I just need a, I need a, just, for me to you, I need a little something. I need a little something. Little. 
Um, at that point, he gave them to another circus agent. R.A. said, quote, I've got all out of them that I could. Now you take them and see what you can do. Also not a great pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're offloading some Samoans. Well, uh, they're the fucking worst than I'm doing. <laughs> so how much? Best offer. A new agent took them out and one quickly died. He then abandoned the Samoans on a New York street. What the what? fuck? <laughs> uh, wait. How, hold on. How did that happen? No, but hold on. That's what... That's what you do with Samoans. But do you mean, like, when you In say, America, you just throw them on the street. Is when that you not? say abandoned, do you mean like he was like, hey guys, this is being like, but you're going to have to find your own way? Or is he like... No, he no, he's like, I'm going to get a bagel. He probably was like, yeah, I'm going to go get a, I'm gonna go get a juice. All right. Hey then, guys, is that, the, is that the naked cowboy? It runs away. <laughs> what is naked cowboy? Hello? <laughs> hey, uh, where the fuck? Hey, what the fuck? Hey, hey what the fuck? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. But a journalist found them who recognized them. Oh, okay. And they were put it's pretty on... easy to recognize them. Yes. Are you the Samoans? <laughs> yeah, right? He put, they, they were put on a train to head out west where they would get on a ship and be returned to Samoa. One died on the train trip. The other three made it home. You guys are like shocked every time. Well, Dave, to be point. fair, at some point we're thinking somebody's not going to die. So, they uh, went back to Samoa, nine left, three returned. R.A. Cunningham returned to Australia in 1882. Good, finally. He was back to recruit a second group of Aborigines. Uh, How is that even possible? He arrived in Townsville in June 1892, but knowing who he was, Queensland authorities tried to make things difficult for him. Uh, Wow. You're too bad for Queensland in 1892. (laughs) The government said the Aborigines must understand what they're signing up for with RA, and he had to put down what was basically a security deposit for uh, humans. That, it's Five, amazing that it's not a moral thing. Like, <laughs> no, the money. No, we're going to need a deposit. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, we're not going to take the money off your credit card, but you will need to put in your PIN. We're going to have a hundred dollar hole. Just you'll see, you'll see the hole. Just like the will we'll release it yeah, once we'll they're back. It once you... When they come back, you can have your money back. It's fine. I mean, you're not going to do anything with them, right? You're not going to break them. Uh, so uh, it took him uh, a month this time, but he did set sail again with eight Aborigines. <laughs> Unfortunately for RA, the boat was uh, full of religious types, and they were very upset with what he was doing. Uh, and below deck, the Aborigines were told by fellow passengers uh, that they would not survive in the U.S. <laughs> well, fucking good. So they're not happy right now. Why? Uh, but in San Francisco, <laughs> in San Francisco, they uh, sold out a theater. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. So they're fucking selling out shows. All right. So I don't know why you guys are all bummed out right now. Well, I mean, I've got to be honest. It, it does remind me of the difference. Like, here's the thing. Like, most of the audience are really like, this is a horrible story. But yep. I keep getting distracted by the fact that they're doing a good tour and they're selling out. A it is show. honestly. <laughs> I know. It, it is. It is hard to. Like, they're doing good. You know, that's hard. Right. <laughs> selling tickets. Right. Signing merch. <laughs> But <laughs> who should I make this bone out to? <laughs> but these. I average... mean, we all compromise. Is my point? Do you know what I mean? Like we all yeah. make compromises to get ahead. It's a, and picture them like, like, like if they're backstage, being like, like, "These gummy bears. What are you talking about? 
This well, is not what we ordered. Well, I mean, like, you know, the Beatles did all those hard yards in fucking Berlin yeah. and playing like 10 hours a day yeah, and with stuff. Tony Sheridan, but that's yeah. getting their money in, but their, their time in, right? And maybe they're like, oh, well, maybe this will lead to something bigger, yeah. you know? If we just picture that they're playing new stuff, I think it takes a fun turn. <laughs> I know you love the didgeridoo stuff, but here's something off my new album. <laughs> that sounds like the didgeridoo stuff. Uh, these aborigines were different than the last group, though. They insisted they perform in their street clothes, not their supposed native garb, and they seemed to be enjoying themselves. Cunningham wrote a friend. I have not made much money out of the venture yet on account of the rainy weather. The blacks are well and happy, as they ought to be, seeing that they stop at fine hotels and do the block dressed like dudes. They're as jolly as clams in high water, and you would smile to see them cruising around the city in the height of fashion with polished patent leather boots on and big cigars stuck in their mouths. Well, uh... (laughs) Right, okay, so... They're dressed nice. They're just dressed nice, and they're... You got cigars. Okay. They're cruising around. They're aristocratic. Well, back then, dudes were like guys who dressed fancy, like a Greg Barron. (laughs) (laughs) The shows were being negatively affected by the Aborigines' seemingly somewhat cosmopolitan... (laughs) Look. They are becoming divas. R.A. said they were too civilized. Oh. It's affecting the act. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He then brought on a business manager, Frank Frost. I bet this guy will be the worst. Uh, the tour hit San Bernardino, where one of them passed away. Oh. Our... Guys, guys, they're just going to keep dying. I mean, I don't know anything, but they're, they're, I, let's not get overly invested in these guys right now. You got... We can't go through that emotionally. It's like watching a Civil War movie, and you guys going, Oh my God, another one died. This is not going well. I like that they're connected to the story. I feel like it's right, right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. sad. No, there's a lot of... I now back to I, the I get it. It's good. They can go on that journey. They're a mature you. audience. This was going to be a hard I've one. I've just been through this journey a lot, and it'll shred you. <laughs> I'd say it because I care. Hey, we did one. You're like the person who buys your kid a kit and goes, this will die in your lifetime. Sorry, I probably should have brought that up a little more organically. Yeah, and there's no Santa. (laughs) You most likely won't outlive this. (laughs) You have a question? So, uh, again, they are invited to uh, join P.T. Barnum's circus. Uh Um, But they weren't the... The same draw that uh, Tumbo and his group had been. Three more. They weren't the aboriginals. Like Badfinger. Three more died on the tour. <laughs> Jesus. It should be called the Die Tour. But Ari continued on. They spent a long time in New York City where they experienced true cold for the first time. Now finding a place for them to perform with enough room for the boomerangs became a problem because it's so cold out. They went to the Bryant Park Hotel to perform. One of the, one of the women was missing, clearly ill, said reporters. Uh, the reporters arrived and recognized Ari from his days with the Samoans. 
One said in front of the crowd, This is the same man who brought the Samoans to this country in 1889 and deserted them. They asked if the Aborigines were being paid. Ari responded that they don't know what to do with money. So he's clearly concerned about his reputation a little bit. Uh, so now Dottie's on her deathbed and the Aborigines uh, do not want to go to Europe especially after what they've heard from reporters so R.A. leaves them with Frank Frost and just takes off then Frost signs them up for another tour with Barnum and Bailey Circus in August Tom came down with pneumonia in Minnesota and he passed away now there's three, three uh, uh, there are three, four, four Aborigines left a woman named Jenny and three nem- men named William <laughs> Just three bills and a Wendy? <laughs> fine, everything's fine there. Bill? Bill? I, I Bill. remember Jenny, though. She's from Northern Australia. Jenny from The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the circus tour ended, and they had to find a way to survive. They lived in New York city boarding houses and picked up occasional work at dime museums then okay then Frost began a sideshow of the group at Coney Island New York yeah Yeah, that's the correct response the Aborigines gave lackluster performances partly because they were forced to do their show indoors in a tent uh, and there was not much of an audience and they're dying right also a bunch of them had died they're all dying uh, and the appeal of seeing Aborigines drop to a new low. Then a man from Hawaii named Palini Pakaki came across this situation decided to start a campaign to save them. First he contacted the British ambassador and explained what was happening, saying the Aborigines were wards of the government of the colony of Australia. And the ambassador sent someone to investigate and he questioned them. They did say they wanted to go home. Pakaki contacted the press. The New York Journal, Journal wrote a story with the he- headline held in slavery on Coney Island. So the heat is on, but the British government did not want to pay for their passage. Well, they don't have a lot of money. <laughs> cool as always, the British. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, no, they'll be all right. Nah. Hmm. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. What I love the most about that is the fact that, like, you know, when you tell your terrible stories on the dollop about America, when you tell them terrible stories about Australia here, the only thing that gets me through these terrible stories is the thought they weren't really us or Americans, they were British people. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, the U.S. authorities did not want to take legal action because they thought Frost would just dump them in the street. So, then Frost just took them to Europe. Well, three of them. William was now on his deathbed. Is there any Not other that, bed? William. The other one. <laughs> yeah, not the William we were attached to. The other one. And the third one, still okay. Now... Since they were adamant that they wanted to go home and not to Europe, uh, we can pretty much conclude that Frost told them they were probably going home and then took them to Europe. Uh, so they found themselves in Germany. There, uh, Frost worked with a German sh- showman, Herr Maas. What? Name. Her His Moss. name was Hamas? Uh, Fuck, uh-oh. the Illuminati's in everything. Uh-oh. 
but now they weren't doing shows. They were just in a small tent where people would come in and look at their tattoos and leave. What? I have fun in this shit. Yeah, this is sad. Now, in Copenhagen, R.A. suddenly shows up, saying that the Aborigines are his, and that he put down a deposit on them. I mean, that's true, true though. It's true. It's, it's true. He did do that. You guys are saying, it's, oh, factually true. Your government had to put down a deposit. to say, yeah. R.A. is right. We're not saying it's morally right, but in the court of Judge Judy, he would... He get would out! And then I'll tell you something. And this is where it gets a little weird, but... Sorry, this is where it gets a little weird? You guys, he didn't get the deposit back, and you guys turned that into billions of dollars with investment. It's what is keeping your country afloat. <laughs> well, now we yep. don't know how to feel. <laughs> Uh, R.A. said Frost had stolen them away and, uh, and, he tried, and he tried to take Frost to court. But, again, not resolved. He, tried, he keeps trying the court thing. And then they just took off in Europe again on tour. R.A. was next heard of in Canada, living in his mother's house. He, he wrote a friend saying that he wanted to get his hand... He wanted to get his hands on some Eskimos. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being his mom. You're like, so why don't... Do you, are you thinking... Sorry. Are you thinking of doing anything else, maybe, Lloyd? Well, what's your... Well, it's just, you've done the people thing. Yeah. Actually, there's a new... A lot of people are loving this new sort of a... a you know, people are doing taxes. You heard of these tax things? No. Maybe they might not be around yet, but still. Anything but what you're doing. So maybe... Maybe try hey, something else. You hey, know, Ma. You, uh, you hey, know, Ma. No, no, no. Well, hey, let Ma. me... Mm, have you heard of Eskimos? <laughs> Duck. Yes. Let's get some. <laughs> we'll put them in a wagon and we'll just take them around and charge people money to look at them. And we'll put fish in their mouths. <laughs> I feel like you're foreshadowing a little strongly. One <laughs> uh, of the Williams died. Summer out on tour in Europe. That was his Jenny, and uh, the I last feel William. it every time. As a William, I feel every one of these Williams. Right? right? It's harder. Uh, so it's just Jenny and one last William. Uh, somehow they made their way to uh, London. They were now alone. Frost had completely abandoned them. They were destitute. The police and charitable organizations would, would not help. Yeah, well, why would a charity help them? Come on. That's the charitable. Uh, and after some time, the government finally paid their fare back. They were met by Townsville police where they landed. Why? To Good, give right? them back their deposit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, because here in Australia, no, they no, discovered no. a new set of laws have been enacted. From now on, they would be controlled by the Aboriginals Protection and Prevent- Prevention of the Sale of Opium Act of 1897. You know, that act has a funny twist in it. <laughs> My favorite thing about that was, like, even back then we were stopping the boats and they had Aboriginal people on them. Uh, yeah, so they, they went to live on a reserve, just like they always wanted. Yeah, uh huh, just like. R.A. Cunningham wrote to a friend in San Francisco. He had gone to get some Eskimos, but it had not worked out. <laughs> he, didn't, he wasn't able to get his Eskimos. <laughs> Eskimos. Uh, he now wanted... He was into it, but the other guy wasn't into it. 
Is there an Esky? No. I've got a million. No, that's all of them. They're just not. That, they're just not Inuit to you. That Inuit. Anyway. Mm. Uh, he now wanted three. He wanted three thousand dollars from his friend to go get some Hawaiians. Aye. This Hawaiians. is getting. Go get Hawaiians. Quote. Say six girls and two men. Their hula dance is startling and novel. Didn't happen. <laughs> June 18th, 1902, R.A. showed up at Hogan's Undertaking in Cleveland. He had come to see his old friend Tambo. Wait. Hogan, Hogan oh. took him to the Western no. Reserve Medical College no, where no, the no. mummified body was no. kept. They did keep Tambo. <laughs> I called keeping Tambo, dude. This is tall guy all over again. All right, looked at the body for a few moments and then said, poor old Tambo. He then told Hogan, I am too old to go after freaks now. I went after Eskimos two years ago and froze my legs from the knees down. Poor guy. I am not well now and won't be for some time, but I'll never forget Tambo and his cannibal friends. They weren't even fucking cannibals. They'd steal knives from the table and fight amongst themselves over strangers. Once in a while, they'd go after me. They're like cattle. They followed one around, ate what was given them, and never showed delight except when they had fish or candy. Candy! Anyway, by the way, they weren't having knife fights. They were playing That's Not a Knife. <laughs> Wait, they would only fight fish or candy, did you say? Yeah. Okay. So Swedish fish to them would have been like... Nothing was ever heard from R.A. Cunningham again. Recently, Rosalind Poignant found a photo from a 1905, uh, a 1905 of an Aborigine man playing with a puppy. He has a big smile on his face. It was taken on Pawnee Bill's Wild West show tour in the U.S. The man is clearly William. The William that, that did not make the trip from New York to Europe with the rest of the Williams. So, so he so he was out there on a Wild West show. Was abandoned. Seemingly happy. I mean, compared really, to his just, friends, those Wild West shows were not like like that would actually be an okay life. They were they all were like performers, and they would they were like no one there would. Sure, that beats yeah. your culture. Yeah. Well, no, it's better. It's better than it's better than going around and fucking sitting in a tent in Germany right. and having people watching everyone here. die on trains. Yeah. yeah. Look. He's created a low bar. You're not a man. You're not a man until all your friends have died on a train. You've always said that. Uh, in 1993, J.C. Smith's funeral home. Yeah, 1993. 1993. Heart of grunge. Yeah, Let's let it do it. 19, 1993. This is when they get into grunge. Tambo and the tambourines. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, J.C. Smith's funeral home in Cleveland, Ohio closed. The staff was clearing out the building when they found the mummified body of oh. Tambo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you serious? She's, I mean... Is this weekend at Tambo's? <laughs> More human, please. The staff was clearing out the building when they found the mummified body. Tambo was finally brought home to Australia in 1994, about 110 years after he left for the USA. 
He was buried in a traditional ceremony led by uh, Walter Palm Island, a descendant of Tambo on Palm Island. His family, he went back to his family and they buried him the way he should be buried. Wow. In 93. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh. The fucking original boy from Oz. Um, we gotta wrap out, right? Yeah, we gotta wrap out, but uh, how do you guys feel? You've been fucking seriously dolloped. Huh? Is that what you're doing now at the end? You've been dolloped. Y'all just got dolloped, y'all. Oh, gotta feel weird tonight. That was supposed to be a better show. <laughs> I apologize, but uh, um, are you history doing, are is you fucked doing up. Stand up? What's happening? Right what? Now? <laughs> I was walking. Uh, away. No, we th- want to thank everybody for coming out. We'll be out there um, signing stuff and taking pictures. Whatever anyone likes, whatever Down, you like. No downstairs. Uh, downstairs. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Poster sales downstairs. That's where we'll be. Everybody, it's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow September 13th, London September 15th, Dublin September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham September 20th, Bristol September 22nd, and Cardiff September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 